podcast, yeah, you fucking listen to it. Fucking podcast, yeah, you fucking listen now. Fucking podcast, yeah, you fucking listen to it. Fucking podcast, yeah, let us show you how. Do something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is uh, your live with Tip of the Finger Comedy's Out of Hand podcast, sponsored by Inebriated Records. And we got a badass guest for you guys today. His name is Mark Harley. He's uh, he's uh, definitely an established actor. Uh, he's had a lot of great roles and continues to do great things and big things. And uh, I think it's time to welcome him in. Bring him in. Yeah. What's up? How we doing? Great. Great. A lot better now. Uh, <laughs> it have that effect on people. I just enter a podcast digitally and just brighten everybody's mood. It's kind of crazy. Now. It's it's awesome. It's a it's a good effect to have. Yeah, it's nice. just the energy flow. Mark, <laughs> I, I, I got to get your opinion on this, man. Sure. I've been a bodybuilder for twenty five years. Yeah. How do you think? What do you think about my games? <laughs> what do I think about? Actually, you do have some pretty good arm muscle, I'd say. <laughs> Thank yeah. You know, maybe maybe if you if you were serious about lifting twenty five years, I'd be like, well, well what are you doing in those twenty five <laughs> years? But <laughs> he's taking a lot of five year breaks. Yeah, <laughs> not continuously twenty five years. I just I once lifted twenty five years ago, and started yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah, I did a little bit of work the other day. Uh, yeah. The thing is, if you rest too long between reps, you'll atrophy, and that's what happened in this case. Right? Yeah, he was on that 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 extended rest cycle, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, three minutes, not three years between sets. Crazy. <laughs> it's, just, it's like calendars, man. It's easy to it's easy to misread, you know. <laughs> Good callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nobody else knows. That callback is something nobody knows about. We had a scheduling mishap, right? Yeah. So I, what I said well, was, I was like, oh, it's today. I didn't even realize. Like, <laughs> well, know, like what, what, like two weeks ago. I don't fucking know what day it is. So yeah. Like, let's go. I'm like, yeah, it's today. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it, man. <laughs> I, I just got done taking a shit. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> exactly. So ready. Uh, yeah, but no. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for. Coming on, even though uh, you know the calendars are really out of line. These yeah, days. they just don't make calendars like they used to. No, no, it's not the same, man. It used to be like you could look at a calendar and you know you could you could call out the dates. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like oh, thanks Biden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks Biden. And the Biden calendar ended, didn't it? So we can't even go by that shit. Anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I thought. All right, guys, that's enough. Get, yeah. get out of here with that shit. Well, I'll, just, I'll just say, you know, we didn't have these problems under Trump. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, okay. no, I could. I could the calendars read. work. Say what you will about the guy. The calendars actually worked. Okay. <laughs> I could read a calendar better than anybody. <laughs> yeah. I walked in the room. I said, great calendars in here. Good calendars. <laughs> these calendars are great. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, uh, uh, Cody Borum wants to know how we got Fabio on here. You know what's great? Actually, we uh we made a meme and sent it to Mark. Uh, it, it's it was a picture of Mark looking all glorious, and it said, uh, "I can't believe it's not Margarine." Uh, <laughs> and that was yeah. so great. I'm so glad yeah. that you uh you loved it. So yeah, that was so. It's a good uh good pickup by this guy because yes, look if Mar if any margarine companies are watching right now, I'd love to to be the next spokesperson. 
for the marketing community that can kind of carry that torch that uh, that that Fabio picked up so many years ago. Um, uh, the Italian accent, if needed, I can. I'm versatile as an actor, so let's do this. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll brand you as Mark Harlio. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, I really think you could probably slick things up in the margarine business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I think you know, um, I'm a, I'm a margarine industry disruptor. So. <laughs> yeah, I I think you could. Uh, I I think the fact that it's no cholesterol is is just amazing too you know margarine is cholesterol free sure it's like you know two molecules away from plastic or whatever but that's not important, <laughs> that's not important. it's not plastic is the point there is a chemical difference <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah uh, so basically uh our goal here tonight is to get the facts about mark harley yeah to know mark harley some you're gonna you're gonna get all the facts so basically, we we've done a little study and we've done our own research. Wow! And uh, yeah, it's it's surprising. You look at guys like us, and you're like, yeah. they do not do research. Aside from background checks that have recently been investigated upon, <laughs> we got people out there doing Mark Harley research. So that's cool. It was fun to do, man. So yeah. um, I'd like to start by saying, uh, Mark, you look like the kind of guy that likes to let your light shine. Yeah, is that fair to say? Sure. Is it true that when you go outside to get a tan, the sun gets darker instead? <laughs> you know, I uh, for a while I didn't know what was happening, but uh, then I realized, yes, in fact, the sun is dimming every time I go out. Like I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" I just want to go out and get a tan, and all of a sudden it's like, "Is it cloudy? Is it the sun's dimming?" Well, I the guess it's dimming. What's going on? I guess my future is pretty fucking bright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they call it a Harley eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't worry. It's not a so. Just, it's just me, guys. Chill out. It's fine. It'll, it'll pass. It's gonna be out for about thirty minutes. Don't worry. Yeah, and it was. It wasn't. It wasn't daylight savings. It was just you, just genuinely trying to get a tan. <laughs> yeah. No, right now, everything's still spring forward, fall back. Harley walks outside sometime, you know, in between those two things. And I know it's confusing for everybody, but, you know. And, you know, I, I, I believe that we've seen the effects all the way here in Missouri because sometimes I'll be outside looking at the sun. I'm thinking it's okay. Then I'll go inside for a few hours. I'll come back out and it's gone. It's, it's like, dark. it's dark. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I think we've probably thought about all the other possible explanations and, and the only reasonable one, the only thing we can conclude is I am affecting the, uh, the trajectory of the sun. So I don't know what else to tell you, but it's, 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 a, it's a dark Harley sunset. That's yeah. what we've been saying. <laughs> 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 we're glad we're on the same page. <laughs> oh yeah, we are. So Mark. Yes. After you've imposed your, Thrusted masculinity on a vaginal American, consensually, of course. Has she ever taken then and went? Has she ever told her friends that she got to write a heart? Uh, you know, I do think that's one of the benefits of being a, a, a vaginally gifted American who has consensual sexual intercourse with me. I think some girls are just doing that in order to say the phrase afterwards. So, like, I didn't even really want to have sex with them, but. 
by doing so, I can go around and say, I rode a Harley, you know, even without a motorcycle license. So, <laughs> it's a loophole for people who want to be able to express that sentiment, but are too lazy to get themselves a motorcycle license. So, yes, I, I think that is becoming a, a more and more common occurrence for women to do that. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, we've also seen the blowback from that here in Missouri, too, because I've heard girls just at the gas station talking about wanting to ride Harleys. Yeah, I guess I, I guess word is spreading, huh? I guess I'm, I'm heading, heading west. <laughs> <laughs> the only direction you want to go, huh? Yeah, exactly. Asking if you call your penis is hog. In fact, Cameron, I do call my penis my hog. It's one of my favorite nicknames uh, for my penis. I, I work it into as many conversations as possible. <laughs> I'll walk around naked and order back. Are you looking at my hog? You, know, you guys this, looking at my hog? This hog right here? Just got out of the shop. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try to start it up. <laughs> Producers, right? Just give a little out of hand. All right. That was out of hand. Okay, that was out of hand. Now, uh, so Mark, um, you uh, are you are you still on the Fifty Central, or is that is that? Uh, well, that's all. Yeah, I'm still on it online. You can find clips of me online. But yeah, that that we just shut a bunch of episodes for that. That's didn't awesome. get didn't get renewed, but you know, I, I uh, it, it, it'll live forever digitally. Yeah, so. that's that's great, man. That's like a, that. For me, like, cause you know, Fifty Cent—that's a that's a big deal, dude. And uh, I just, what was it like getting to work with him? Fifty Cent was super cool. So obviously, yeah, like I think guys of, of our generation, you know, <laughs> he's always going to be this mega celebrity to us because he just took over rap music in the early two thousands. So, right. Um, it was really cool, like. Just just being able to say, like, I, I got to work with 50 Cent. I'm gonna be on this show with 50 Cent. So everybody my age, and you know, if you're if you're of my of our generation, um, I don't know you guys' exact age, but it sounds like you're into 50 Cent, you know, in the same oh, yeah. way that most most uh people I know that I went to school with or, or you know that I'm friends with or into. That was cool in and of itself to just be able to be like, I'm gonna do a show with 50 Cent. Then you actually get there and uh and meet him. And he turns out to be super cool, has a great sense of humor about himself, a lot of charisma. Um, we got to shoot some sketches together. And, like, he was just very open about, like, um, if I gave him some alt lines or something like that, like something wasn't coming out right in a sketch. And I'd be like, hey, what about, you know, like, just write some jokes on the fly. He was very open to, like, suggestions because, again, he's stepping into the world of doing sketch comedy. And, uh, you know... It's hard doing doing any any kind of comedy is hard, as you guys know. Um, even if you're somebody who's performed before, you know, and he's not real acting, but but comedy is still always a different thing. So I just got to have certain memorable experiences with him. Like <laughs> I remember one time we were in um, we were shooting this sketch that I actually got cut out of. I was just in it for like a line at the end that they didn't end up using, but it was like the the premise was. Um, like it was like a Spider-Man spoof. So it's like Mary Jane's walking through an alley and like she gets mugged by this group of people and Spider-Man comes out of nowhere and like beats everyone up. And, you know, it's like, Spider-Man, where are you? And he comes down upside down behind her, you know, and she's like, well, I want to thank you and pulls down his mask to give him a kiss and then sees that he's black. And she's like, 
oh, um, <laughs> and, <he's> like, <laughs> and so <laughs> he's like, I was just uh, expecting something a little different, you know, and he's like, what do you mean different? Um, so that was a funny little premise, but the execution of that obviously is like, we're in you know the middle of Brooklyn in like an actual alleyway in July and it's like 89 degrees. He's hanging upside down by a crane. Um, <laughs> the whole thing was was pretty wild, especially for him. Uh, you know, it's very uncomfortable to be hanging upside down and acting because all the blood rushes into your face, et cetera. But I just remember right. it was a really good sport about that. And before we came out like onto set, we were like, we got ready in a nearby hotel. Like that was like our, our trailer. And uh, I was dressed as Daredevil. There was some joke at the end where I came in and I was like, I say some comment, I make a joke about like not seeing race. You're like, um, the guy. My Daredevil outfit like had some built-in muscles into it. And I remember like, we both came out of like the, the elevator at the same time, on like two different sides of the elevator. And he's like, why does this motherfucker have muscles in his shit? I want muscles in my shit, you know, like, <laughs> so he was always like cracking jokes, having a good sense of humor. And it was just, again, like to paint the picture, it's 50 Cent coming out of the like escalator in a full Spider-Man costume, like a skin Spider-Man. <laughs> like, this is a once in a lifetime, like just, you know, freeze frame that moment. Um, yeah, epic. And save it forever. So there was lots of stuff like that. I remember people would like, uh, <laughs> people would always like gravitate towards him on set. So um, this one, this one girl, like, like, for example, if, if you were on a, a set to shooting a sketch, um, we were doing this one that was like a joke about like, like sexual harassment orientation where we're like, like um, in an office setting and one of the extras was like, uh, she, you know, the extras are all like, kind of like they'll creep towards 50 because he's just like, he's got that magnetism. He's got that charisma. And somehow, like, while listening to one of his stories, she, like, took her shoe off. And she was kind of, like, maybe, like, a little bit retarded. Like, you know, <laughs> but you know, it was, like, something's going on. Like, um, and she, like, fully took her shoe off. And, like, when there was, like, a like just the quickest break in the conversation, like, she just inserted this non sequitur. She was, like, I got a bunion on my feet. And like taking her shoe off, and was like putting her foot like in front of fifty, so like her bare foot, like in front of, <laughs> just like like, and she was a part of the conversation. So it was like he's like talking to us, and then he has to like turn over here, and it's like this girl's foot is in his face. He's like, he's like, look at my bunion, and he's just like, yeah, that's the bunion, all right. And then you go, like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's it. so. These are just little examples of like he would deal really well with like people you know, kind of like, because everybody wants to interact with him. Anywhere we'd go, right. he'd be shouting his name, and, and it was just cool to see him, like, deal with all that, because he, he is sort of a man of the people and, and would always deal with the attention really well, and was just, in general, like, had a good sense of humor about himself, and was always just a, you know, a cool customer as far as, like, dealing with the stresses of doing something that you're not, that's not, like, your cup of tea, necessarily. It's doing sketch comedy or doing this like parts of the show were, were live in front of a you know studio audience. So it was really cool to see him in action and have some of those uh, memories because it's a, you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing for sure. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, um, you know, whenever you're famous, you know, or becoming famous, yeah. that's that, that uh, those awkward situations are going to occur. Um, we were, we were lucky enough to open up for Chappelle when he was in Kansas city. Oh, and, nice. 
hang out with him in the green room. It was a great time. We jammed. Yeah. Jake taught him how to play a um, Wonder Wall from Oasis, which is kind of hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, nice. But we're back there after the show. We're back there, and we're just kind of hanging out. He had actually – so my, my younger brother was in the front row. Chappelle didn't know that he was my brother. And uh, uh -huh. Chappelle starts kind of like picking on him, you know, for comedy, playing on him. And then he buys his uh, – he pays for his food, him and his date. He paid for their food. You know, he's like, oh, hey, Chappelle I got you guys. Huh? Chappelle Lacey? Chappelle paid for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm saying, I'm saying he. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And uh, so anyway, uh, we go back there, and I was like, "Hey, man, just so you know, Greg's actually my brother. He's uh, he is joining the Marines, and uh, he we're actually getting ready to go see him. He's graduating um, in early October, the first week of October. We're gonna go see him graduate in San Diego. But um, anyway, so he's like, "Oh shit, that's your brother." He's like, "Bring him back here." So I bring Greg back to the green room, and we're like, you know, getting pictures, and we're hanging out and having a good time. And this lady just walks into the green room and she's super trash and yeah. she's like all emotional. And she's like, my sister is out there. She's paralyzed and she, she's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, so it just like, it, it became this like really awkward. Like we're all just staring at her waiting for her. <laughs> and so do you want me to like leave right now? Like, yeah, I mean, that's like no sure. Chappelle was so cool about it though. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, fuck it, let's go. Let's go talk to her right now. And so yeah, yeah, we went out in the hallway and got pictures. It was great. Yeah, Chappelle's a super sweet guy. He is. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he'd want to pay for, for that food or do, you know, again, he's just uh one of my best friends, one of the sweetest people I know, really curious guy, and and just um, you know, very pure heart and and a lot of it's funny actually seeing him like because I've been to some shows with him now. Like he is really an introvert, you know. And a lot of people don't realize that. So like, like even seeing him um, do meet and greets after the shows, like you can see like he's not that great at small talk, or at least like he's like kind of drained by it. So he'll like have these interactions with fans and like and kind of like just so I'm like I know he's like not totally energized by it the same way right. that he's giving his best and wants to connect with people, but he'll be like. Hey man, you guys seen the Buffus Man on Instagram, Mark Hart? They're like, he'll pass me off, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that you guys were in Tulsa until after the fact, or I probably would have came down to check it out. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was a fun one too. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a, uh, yeah, such a great guy. Just has a lot of self awareness. I think, you know from from all the self-work he's done with the anger management and counseling and all that stuff you know, <laughs> yeah he's a guy who, who knows who he is i'll yeah. say that yeah so. we definitely we, ha we had a great time hanging out with him hopefully we get to do something yeah, in the future he is yeah cool. and i just want to say he's extremely talented on the guitar like he picked up wonderwall like by him yeah oh that's awesome yeah because i know i mean like i'll hear him play stuff and i know that's like he spends a good you know, amount of time on it every day. It's just, he's not necessarily going to be like posting about it all the time, you know, because some people will be like shitty at the guitar, but like posting anyway, <laughs> like here's people like this shitty rendition of Wonderwall. Um, right. That's not him, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, it's a huge part of his life and he's in a, he's in a band. It's like funny. Cause like he'll, he'll, you know, he's like, I mean, I don't know if he wants me to say this, I guess it's okay. If I, you know, it's like, I'm like releasing his unreleased songs, but um you know, he'll, he'll meet some of these big people that, that I'm a huge fan of. And like, we grew up listening to punk rock. So like, you guys know Rancid? Yeah, I know of them. I, I'm not yeah. a huge Rancid fan, but you know, okay. I've, I've heard of them. 
so he'll meet like Tim Armstrong, the, the lead singer Rancid, and like he has like a Rancid tattoo. So the guy was like, "Yeah, man, your family, like I fuck with you." And it's because it's like, yeah, if you put it on your fucking, you know, arm, like obviously you like you, you know, it's it's more than just being like, "I'm a big fan." It's like, no, no, no seriously, I'm like, <laughs> like you're on my you body. Fan. Yeah. So he like made music with some of these guys. Like he's in a band. Like he's he's working on like an EP with you know Tim Armstrong of Rancid. Um, and it's just cool to see him be, or, or like he hangs out with this guy Toby from H2O like I think when he meets these people in the music industry they, they really you know can tell that that music is so important to his life and uh, you know they really fuck with him in return you know and, and it's great it's just great to see somebody that's uh, you know doing you know it's kind of what we're trying to do we're just trying to move up and, and yeah. you know, chase our dream of comedy and music and you know we yeah. like we like doing, we like, you know, we write skits and, and, uh, come up, you know, we just come up with off the wall shit all the time and we want to, we want to do something productive with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is great. Cause he's a guy who's like, you know, coming from out of state, no connections here. You know, he meets a couple people who are like, give him the encouragement to, to move from Arizona out to California. And when I met him, he was still working at a hotel. Um, and I remember, like, the decision, like, he was, like, texting us about, like, thinking about quitting my hotel job and, like, kind of making that leap into doing, you know, comedy full-time, and I think I can support myself and yada, yada. And yeah. it's, like, for anybody, that's a, that's a huge leap. Uh, but he's he's uh, bet on himself, and it's really paid off because, you know, I think he, he walks the walk and, and puts in the work. And, uh, you know, like you guys, you have a high-quality product. You can stand by your comedy and say, like, you know, we can get on stage and and deliver the goods. And I think that's always just the most important foundation, obviously outside of like whatever you're doing on social media, I think like Chappelle has, has developed a pretty good social media following. And it's right. been impressive seeing him go from like, you know, probably a few thousand followers when I met him to like, he's over a hundred thousand followers, you know, but, but that, that is, that's not leading the train, his skills and his work, right. and, you know, the quality of his, of his stage entertainment is mm -hmm. what's driving everything. So, you know, um, I think it's cool to see that when it's kind of like you're bringing the goods and, and you're getting a following because people really like what you do and it's not some sort of gimmick or it's not some, you know, marketing tactic just to get people to like click on your page. It's like, no, 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 you're following me because I'm good at what I do, you know, and that's always yeah. a, a good starting point. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the proof is in the pudding and that's not yeah. a Bill Cosby joke. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this is the uh oh uh sunny wants to know what these suspenders are holding on to that and, uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you it's absolutely nothing there's nothing going on down there <laughs> it's like what's on the picture there. yeah it's his wiener okay okay <laughs> okay well anyway uh so um enough about Chappelle. we all love Chappelle, but this is the mark harley episode here we go so we want to get to know Mark Harley more. So we took a poll and 60 people from your hometown. Wait a minute. Where's your hometown? San Rafael, California. Santa Fe? San Rafael. San, San Rafael. Rafael. Okay. So 60 people from San Rafael. Uh, <laughs> we took a poll and they said that uh, you're actually made from the DNA of Matt Damon, uh -huh. Brad Pitt, and a mountain. Do what? I said that's actually a flattering comparison for once because most people like to compare me to other people who are 
like uglier than I am, you know. <laughs> it's fine. That's fine. But like for a while, I was like, hey, you know, upscale me a little bit. Give me a little Brad Pitt, a little Matt Damon. I don't have a problem with that. And, and a little mountain in there too. Right, yeah, mountains are good too. Very. I, I imagine you probably wake up rock hard. Yeah, I certainly do. That explains all the boulders all over your body too. Yeah, with all the creeps that I take, I, I wake up rock hard indeed. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, how did they produce? I mean, that's that's for another episode. That's science. We do, we're not scientists. We're not here to debate science right now. Yeah, you guys are debating science. I go into the. Uh, you know the 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 science the science of creatine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you got this one, Jake. What's a day in the life of Mark Harley look like? Day in the life of Mark Harley looks like I wake up, um, take some green tea pills to wake the fuck up even more. Um, I uh, I go walk the cats actually first thing in the morning. Now walk the cats it might be a deceptive term because really I just I, I put leashes on them and take them out into the courtyard area. So it's not as if I'm like walking them around the block like you might walk a dog, but I am loosely monitoring the cats as okay. they go. I currently have four cats. They're you know of course as you know the term herding cats uh, is a thing because cats all go in different directions. So I have one in a bush, one in a tree, one trying to get to the fence. So that's always an adventure every morning. But, uh, you know, eventually I'll get the last one out of the tree, bring it back in, make myself some protein pancakes, um, some Kodiak cakes mixed with protein powder, whip those up, eat them, hit the gym with Brendan Schaub and Chappelle Lacey, maybe shoot a sketch afterwards with uh, Isaiah Miranda at Zoo Culture. Um, do some training. I do some some personal training at, at a local 24-hour fitness. I do some online training, uh, you know, over, over FaceTime with some clients. So I, I knock out a little bit of that. Maybe hit up an audition, do a lot of like, you know, these days it's a lot of digital auditions. So you can send in a self-tape or even do like something like this where you're like in a, you know, digital meeting room. Um, let's see. After that get my own workout, another workout at some point, like a, like a run up the hill, try to get some cardio in every day after I lift weights with the boys and then wind down with a nice show with my wife. Uh, she's a graphic designer, also works from home. So, um, you know, right now we're watching Yellowstone. So we're, we're getting balls yeah, deep yeah. in a nice uh, little series that was recommended to us by, by Brendan. So yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty typical. And, you know, on occasion I'll have uh some some other entertainment responsibilities like today I shot you know my own podcast the week before I was shooting a little bit of a Nickelodeon show side hustle so depending on how much I'm in the episode I might come in for like you know two or three days or the whole week it's cool to come in the whole week and like you know if you're in multiple scenes they kind of bring you in from beginning to end and that's always fun just because it's like you know childhood dream being on Nickelodeon like your 11 year old self is freaking right. out. Yep. Um, and it's always just, you know, it's as an actor, it's always just fun because you get your ass kissed on on any set, you know, that you're on. It's like, hell yeah. What can we get for you? Oh, hi, Mark. It's so bad to have you back. You know, so that's everyone's awesome. so nice to you and treats you like you're important. So that's always uh, cool. And, uh, you know, you get a trailer with your name on it. And it's, uh, things could be worse, right? Yeah. So that's, that's what you can do. 
do you think one day we'll get treated like we're important? <laughs> uh, yes, I do actually. You know, I, so? I do. Yeah. If you keep working your way up in the entertainment industry, you know, they 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 have to at some point. Yeah. You know, when you're headlining or you're you know, you're you're on the show, it's like that's just part of the. The hierarchy is like there's a few people who <laughs> that's hurtful, Cameron. Um, you know, <laughs> and there was a time when people would have said no to me. I remember the first time I, I the first movie I did with uh, it was the Hungover Games with Jamie Kennedy, and I remember like that was my take. I was like, holy shit, like people are when you're doing a movie, they're like coming to your trailer, knocking on the door, like, can I get you any snacks? I'm like, who me? Like, <laughs> oh, me, I guess, sure, yeah. <laughs> Bring me all the snacks. Yeah, I need the snacks. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, because, hey, and a bit, maybe that's the only, you know, every role that I get, I'm always like, well, this could be the last one, you know. Let yeah. them kiss your ass and let them treat you well because it may never happen again. So I try to take that attitude and everything and and be grateful for the excitement and the treatment, uh, you know, that's, that's going on because, you know, you never know when it's going to happen again, and you can't take anything for granted in entertainment. So, I'm grateful when it comes to my way. Well, I mean, it sounds like you, it sounds like you are uh, you're not on the path to success. You, you the the path you're on is success. What's up? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. I think I'm finding my my niche. You know, just trying to also just be myself more. Like as far as I mean that in the sense of there's things that I could do to be more marketable as an actor. It's like Cut your hair, shave your face, you know, stop working out. <laughs> no, no, none <laughs> of working out, but it's like, you know, I, you know, of course you're going to be typecast to a degree just because they don't, they're not looking for somebody to change their whole look to, you know, just to have a role unless you're like Philip Seymour Hoffman and you're, you know, trying to play Truman Capote. Um, you know, that's not how. I don't think he's going to be casted in any. I have that. a feeling, yeah, he might not be casted. <laughs> Any of the roles that I'd be going out for uh, in the near future, but you know what I mean is by kind of going with my instinct about like, hey, you know what? Like, I like lifting weights. I like being a certain size, and mm-hmm. I'm going to grow my hair out. And, and sure, there's a lot of reasons to cut it or just be a certain way. But this is like, if you consider your appearance some sort of expression of yourself, you know what I mean? Like, if you guys were acting and people are like, oh, you guys need to cut your beards because it's going to give you more opportunities, but like. You like your beard. You like how yeah. it looks. Well, yeah. then when those roles come up or those opportunities come up, it's like, hey, you need some bearded motherfuckers? Like, we got you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's just a microcosm, you know, for being yourself and then, uh, you know, being able to live with yourself at night. Because if you're changing yourself too much with the idea of, like, this is going to bring me more auditions or more roles or whatever, but then you're not happy with, like, how you're kind of presenting yourself to the world. And I've been there before. And it kind of like, it does eat at you a little bit. You know, I found like, you know, like I have premature gray hair. There's been times in my life when I've like dyed it in order to like look more normal. But at some point you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. If they want me to dye my fucking hair, they can pay me to do it. And I know these are little things like my hair, I don't want to dye my hair, but they kind of add up and it's like, I'm me right now. And uh, sure that isn't going to lead to every opportunity in the world. But like when something comes up and you need a fucking, you know, a barbarian or a Viking or something like that. I'm, I'm yeah. always to play that and have fun with it yeah. and maybe do some comedy on top of that. So um, it works out. I don't think you should do anything, but just be yourself. And it'll, it's obviously gotten you this far. I mean, 
it's yeah. going to take you know, you. And it does, again it, when it works out it feels great and um yeah. and i think there is an element of like yeah you do what you do you know if if uh if you think too kind of like too much in a calculated way like hmm, what should our funny songs be you know should we play to this audience like and i've heard you guys stuff it's very funny and it's very unique and nobody out there can can do you guys and i do think that's an important thing to keep in touch with is like there's a million ways to think about it in terms of like oh well this is really popular and viral i should imitate that of course there's going to be you know in any facet of entertainment you know there's kind of going to be this like voice of like i should do more of this because this has gotten popular or this person is succeeding in this way. But I just think ultimately it's it's a wise decision to be like, this is what we do and this is what we think is funny, you know, right. so with with us and this tickles us. And then when you find people who actually share that, it, it, it feels better as well. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not about getting all the audience. It's about just getting the right audience. No, right. For, for sure. Right. Yeah, and, and getting people who are uh, enthusiastic about you. You know, there's some adage about like, you, you know, it's better to have like, you know, one really enthusiastic, I know I'm butchering it, but the idea is like one really enthusiastic fan for every like a hundred mediocre fan. Like people were like, I kind of like tip of the finger, you know, um, you'd rather have a smaller collection of people who are like legit fans. Who love those guys, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we, we, it's like, we always seem to pick up at least a couple every show we do. But we always get the same thing. It's always like, uh, man, we love you guys. Uh, we're, we, we really like uh, Tenacious D, you know, and and, yeah. you know, and then it's then they start backtracking like, well, we didn't mean that. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is funny because like and I know exactly what you mean when people make these comparisons. And like when you've heard them a bunch of times, like your first instinct is kind of like have an eye roll or right. defensive almost. But I, I always try to like give people the benefit of the doubt of like. I know what you're trying to express. You're trying to go, this reminds me of something I really like. Right. You know. It's and, a compliment. Yeah. And, and people may not be able to articulate that exactly or even think about the fact that you get the same sort of comments over and over again. You know, like people making the same like comparison, even though it's flattering in their mind, they might not think about the fact that it's like this person has heard that a hundred times and maybe it's a little bit annoying or whatever. You just right. kind of need of like, yeah. you know, it's amazing. And you think we're yeah. amazing too. So rock we on. Don't, we don't hold against them. I mean, I know it's a compliment. It's just one of those things like, yeah, really, really the only thing that is, I mean, yeah, we're a duo. We do music, but yeah. we're, we're totally different as far as like um, our content, you know, like yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's a lot different than Tenacious D's. Yeah, and you want to bring you like your instinct is back. Well, actually, see the difference between us and Tenacious D. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going a whole tangent about yeah. the differences. Yeah, but one of the things is that's a good comparison, almost because like there haven't been many things that you could compare to Tenacious D. You know what right. I mean? And I say that yeah. as a huge fan. I remember I performed. Um, me and my friend did. Uh, like, what's the song? You don't always have to fuck her hard. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. That for some girl for her birthday back in like 2004, and I remember she was horrified by it because we like he did the guitar and I I sang and he kind of chimed in on the chorus. I think, but she was like she'd never heard of Tenacity. She had no idea what was going on and she felt like <laughs> <laughs> she had no context. Yeah, she's like, what are you guys doing? Like, oh <laughs> but you know, I was saying that to be like I've been enthusiastic about them since you know 15 plus years ago and it's not as if there's a new kind of like oh who's the new rock duo so like people are limited in how they can because we you know with musical genres we're like eager to be like it's like this even though yeah. 
it yeah. might not be like that. And so it's, I think it does say something to like, you know, it's a small pool of, of groups that are like comedic duos with guitars that have really funny lyrics, you know, because you guys do have these intricate, like, like the jokes are really there and it's, you know, it's hard to do music. It's hard to do comedy. And I think to combine them in a way where like, you know, it's not just the chorus that's funny, you know, it's like all the yeah. funny and, and you're kind of taking us on a little bit of a journey, which is my recollection of your guys's songs that I've heard, you know, I was like, oh, they're, they're, you know, there's a solid build there and they're making all the lyrics count. They're not just trying to like sort of cheaply get to like a funny, ridiculous chorus. You know, exactly you guys obviously put a lot of effort into the, into the writing. So yeah, <laughs> there we go. Boom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've argued, not argued, but we've uh, spent a lot of time rewriting the slightest little lyrics. You know. Oh I mean? yeah, just so, a slight yeah, reword. Something that wouldn't matter to the normal person just reading. Some be like, "Oh yeah, that's just fine." But us together, we're like, "No, that's that's not fine." We like this is okay, but it could be better. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's the sense that I get listening to it is like, and I love like my favorite rappers Eminem. I love lyricism of all sorts i mean this is an example of like you know mm -hmm. the most heightened like like i talk about a guy who really cares about you know his lyrics um but but anybody anybody who, who really puts effort into lyrics i just think that's a fascinating thing because even if you are just to hear the melody at first and, and listen to it casually and it's catchy like at some point you're going to hone into the lyrics you know mm -hmm. and it, yeah so even if it's sounded like even if you if, if the lyrics were muffled in your guys's case and it's still a good melody. Like at some point, people are going to tune in back. Holy, what are they saying? You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. We uh, actually the uh, the the one about it. You know, if if uh, uh, if she really loves you, she'll get off her period for you. That song. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, uh, I think it would be great to do like a, a music video to that. And so eventually, uh, we, I want to kind of hash out uh, something with you and see if maybe we can make it possible to where you're the guy. You yeah, know, the guy that's like kind of scolding her for being on her period. <laughs> I would love to do that, and I, and I, you know, that's a good reminder of some of the specifics. Because was okay, the, the ones that I can think of are that one. What about like like fucking the ocean or the ocean's hot? What, what is that song? Yeah, yeah. Like? So uh, um, uh, when I look at the ocean, I get the notion there's some pussy waiting because it's uh, there's always mountains of pussy waiting for me everywhere I go. Yes. When I look at the ocean, I get the notion there's some pussy waiting down below. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I really like to me, that's very funny. And I guess a better comparison to me, a group that I really like that you've I'm sure you've heard before, but like Garfunkel and Oates, you know, mm -hmm. the female girl, um, because their writing is so strong. You know, that's really what stands out to me is like they really know how to flesh out a concept, you know, mm -hmm. and fill it with. Um, really like like so that each line is a joke yeah you know, exactly accomplish that well when you're doing comedy i feel like it's it's important to have each line as a joke uh one thing that we're actually uh gonna start changing up is our solos because to us having a solo in a song like that adds to the hilarity but in certain places there's gonna be people that are kind of get they space off because of the solo they don't they don't always appreciate the solo and it, the way it's incorporated, so it, they kind yeah. of trail off, and it's hard to get them back. So, you mean like um, a solo, huh? You talking about like like adding like the music? Yeah, adding a solo to the like you know to the song. Right, that's a, that's a good point actually, because well, if you're you're drawn into the lyrics, then like 
you know, yes, you will. <laughs> you will. Yeah. And you almost want to, you want to hit him so hard and fucking retract and before then even know what the fuck happened. Exactly. Exactly. It's called the fuck down. Yeah, it's the fuck down. <laughs> we, uh, we do the mind fuck with our thought cocks. <laughs> I like that. So that was out of hand. That was yeah. out of and hand. I do like that as a general analogy for all comedy. Like, I think one of the big things that I've always tried to like, if I'm working with anybody, I've ever had a disagreement. It's always like, this isn't punching me in the face quickly enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, if right. I'm thinking too much or there's any sort of pause or there's any like downtime. And, and um, this is something that like, for example, these, these I've been doing like some gym sketches with Isaiah lately. And, and, uh, and he has a good sense of this, of like, it can't be like you, uh, if it's a little bit too long or, you know, if you're not getting punched with the thought cock, like it's not going to work. So that general concept of like, get in, get out. And then like, instead of listen, making them shut it off because it's too long, like make somebody listen to it again. Make somebody be like, what the fuck did I just listen to? Repeat that. You know, <laughs> yeah. have that, then somebody be like, all right, I've heard enough. Like it's getting repetitive. Right. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've got to catch a couple of those. They're pretty funny. And the, the one where you guys are talking about your workout session, but it sounds like it was a different kind of workout session. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. You know what's never repetitive, though? What was that? You want to know what's never repetitive, though? It's never repetitive. Hell yeah. So, Six Mark. <laughs> so, Mark. Uh, as you yeah. know, the economy is getting yeah. out of hand. Gas is high. Work is slow. Totally. We're behind on the rent. Can we come stay with you? Can we stay with you, Mark? Yeah, actually, you know, what we're looking at right now, this is a, you can see the cat tree behind me. So this is just kind of like the cat room. So we can uh, sleep over there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a guest bedroom all set up for you guys. So all you got to do is find your way out to California, out to, to Sherman Oaks, California. <laughs> yeah, just we'll just ride our bikes over. Yeah, I don't think it takes... That long, that's doable, right? Oh, yeah, that's easily. Would the cats yeah. mind if I tried climbing on that tree? Wait, what? would the cats mind if you climbed on the tree? Yeah, no, I don't think so. They share. Also, is this a the litter box? Is that community litter box, or is this is there yeah. is it an engated litter box? There we go. You guys can fit in there, okay? You know, part of the part I need to fit will fit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You can drop a hot one right in that little hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I look at it like this, man. Um, uh, we won't cause any issues. Uh-huh. You know? uh, we won't pick up after ourselves. We won't do any dishes. You'll barely notice we're there. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a whole lot of nothing, it sounds like. Yeah, you, right. you won't notice. You, you can't have it, you know, you can't have it too many cooks in the kitchen, but you also can't have too many dishwashers in the kitchen. Exactly. It's, you can't you can't have too many maids in the apartment. So it's like if my wife's already cleaning up, we don't want to get too many people involved in the whole cleanup process. We stay in our lane. Yeah, you stay in our lane. Just you know, hey, my buddies are here. They're they're musicians and comedians. Let's not mix everything up and, and you know try to get them to cook, clean, or contribute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't need that. They need to focus on their work. Yeah, like these are artists. Let's just let them do their art. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you're on board, man. I'm glad yeah, you're on board. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, you've been an actor for quite some time now. Uh, yeah. What was your What was your favorite role, like character? Uh, you know, I'd say my favorite role was probably 
Um, I love playing the one that I'm on right now on Nickelodeon because to me, like, that's the kind of character, like when I, you know, some, it's funny because it was just like, I've been getting better at auditioning over the years. Like we're like, if I get sent an audition, I used to be like, oh shit, like I need like five hours tomorrow. I'm going to sit there, I'm going to memorize it, and meditate and set the lights up and do, you know, like it would just occupy a lot of space in my mind. And over the years, I've just gotten better at being like, get the notification, you go set it up, you bang it out, knowing that like, you know, spending a hundred takes on it or whatever, isn't going to necessarily get you um, a better audition. So anyway, I'm saying all that just to say, this, like, I got the email from my agent and, like, filmed it and turned it around in, like, 35 minutes, you know, and I end up booking it, and it's a recurring role, and the role's really funny because the, the context of the role is these kids have this hangout spot called the micro -mewery. so instead of a microbrewery, you know, they go to the micro -mewery and, and order milkshakes and cheese and all different types of milks, you know, um, and I'm like the only adult that's established there. So the first episode that I'm on is like, I'm trying to win this like milkshake drinking contest. And I'm like, you know, really like taking it super seriously. And like everything I wear is like, the, the character's name is Stump. And so he's like this tough guy, you know, who's like, just trying to be cool, like around the kids and like impress everybody. And like, yeah, I'm gonna win the milkshake set down this year. Um, <laughs> and he's really like sensitive, you know, like, like they'll call them out. They're like, aren't you the guy who like, you know, like I try to like challenge somebody to a milkshake drinking contest and they beat me and I like, I'm like, no fair. And I like run off. So um, <laughs> I love that mold of character. That's like, you know, a tough or self-absorbed or narcissistic character mm -hmm. that like, you know, can get taken down a peg by the other characters around him just because it's like, it allows me to use my physicality to be like, you know, come in like with my chest puffed and then, could take it down a peg and be like, what? No, that didn't happen. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're the one who isn't good and stuff. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's a good like archetype for me to play. And it's been really fun thing, like what they come up with, uh, you know, to insert me in these different scenarios with the kids. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the, here's the issue I'm having. Uh, we have a follow-up question for that question, but uh -huh. I have an issue with the uh, fact that, uh, you're working with kids on that role. So what's another role <laughs> that you, you you could revert to in this case? Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> let's say I, I really had a good time doing a role in this Seven Dust music video where I played like a the leader of like a bank robbing crew. I thought that, that came out really well and I also liked you know, the, the overall like direction of the video and, and, the, and the direction I got from the director to play this particular character. Um, so that's one. And um, another one would be the, the commercial that I'm in that's airing. Um, now I get notification like, hey, so you the CDW commercial, but it's like an American Gladiator in the office type thing. That was just a yeah. fun thing to play. Yeah. Let's go with that one, okay? Okay. So we want you if you will, for just a moment to revisit that character. Yeah. I want you to dig deep down and show us what you think that character character looks like having an orgasm. Okay. Ready? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I'm coming right now. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. That was, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Now, I, I, yeah, it's all making sense why he didn't want me to do it with the other character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, well, this is going the wrong way. <laughs> We're going to have to backtrack. In front of the kids, okay. <laughs> okay, well, all I could think about was how inappropriate that uh, segment would be. <laughs> nice reading. <laughs> You're like, hey, kids, milkshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you better stop there. Tomorrow. Yeah. It's our understanding that you do a lot of grip strength training. Yeah. Strongest forms of uh huh? How many times would you say you fractured your penis while masturbating or even just urinating? You know, I, I actually, this is a, a very serious thing for me. Um, it's happened three times over the course of my life. And on that third, I was like, you know, break your penis once, shame on your penis, break it twice. Shame on my wrist. <laughs> yeah. Breaking a third time, obviously I'm abusing anabolic steroids to the point where I don't know my own strength. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean at this, I've learned, at this point, I've learned that, you know, I actually I have a I had I use tongs now to hold my dick when I pee and jerk off. So solving problem. See, we we uh, I watched your uh, I watched uh, I watched you on um, the fighter and the kid. And uh -huh. I can tell you were intelligent, so it does not surprise me that you've you've came yeah. into uh, it's just engineering, you know. What yeah. can I say? It's it's mechanical engineering at its finest. Yeah. It's, you solve problems, you know. That's what men do. <laughs> uh, now, Mark, on the subject of intelligence, um, we heard you invented the gym membership in order to meet chicks. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's actually one of my. Uh, something I really like to hang my hat on, um, you know, because because before it would just be like you show up and um, you pay per machine, right? You know, right. Like, we'll use this machine at this price. It's kind of like how they used to, you know, at Disneyland, you step like an e-ticket that would get you on certain rides. And and I said, dude, this is a stupid thing. Like you want people just coming and mingling. And if you see a machine over there, you want to be thinking about the cost of it. You just want to be freely associating all over the gym because that's going to up your chances of, of interacting with women. And if you see a woman on a glute machine, like you don't want to pay the money to use the glute machine when you really don't want to use the glute machine. You just want to be in the proximity of that woman. So I said, what if we just pay a flat rate and then you can use any machine. And then as a guy, you can go, you know, flirt and do your thing and pretend like you're using a machine that you really don't give a fuck about. And that's going to greatly increase the number of these interactions you're going to have with the opposite sex and, you know, ultimately lead to more dates, more plates, more dates. Well, that actually brings me to my next uh, my next uh, inquiry uh, about the invention of the treadmill, because before it was just a track that yeah. we would run around. And so yeah. we have it on good authority that you actually came up with the idea for the treadmill so that the ladies couldn't run away before you sealed the deal. Exactly. Because a lot of this stuff like. You know, you, you used to be, obviously, where are all the women going to be, for the most part, in a gym? They're going to be on the cardio machines. Right. Before, you'd actually have to do cardio in order to catch up to these women. Exactly. So Guys I, like us can't do that. Yeah. So I said, what if we gave the males an advantage here by allowing the women to do cardio, but keeping them in the same place? And therefore, like the hunters that we are, that we've evolved to become over hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, what if we uh, 
rigged, rigged the system, so to speak, so that the women are fixed in one place, believing that they're going somewhere. So they don't realize that, that we're, we're hacking uh, their fight or flight response too. Because even if you're a woman who would normally run from a guy like us, right? You think you're running and your brain is telling you that you're safe because you're in flight mode when really you're, you're stuck frozen in place and allowing a predator like me to approach you with ease. So, uh, you know, sure, it's inconvenient for some of these women out there who don't like being approached while they're doing cardio at the gym and they have the airplanes and boo-hoo, whatever. You don't like it, don't, you don't have to come to the gym. There's still tracks yeah. there. You know, yeah. my invention of the, of the treadmill didn't uh, make tracks obsolete. You just can go find a track somewhere. But if yeah, you want yeah. to- Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a still a pro-choice environment. Exactly, yeah, I'm all about pro-choice. So nobody's forcing me, you still have freedom in America. You can, you can go to a gym, you can go to a track. That's ultimately your decision. Just know that when you enter the gym environment and step on a treadmill, uh, you're gonna have to deal with some men who now have a predatory advantage over you as the stationary prey. So it's genetics. Yeah. You know, Jake's go-to move. Guys. Jake's Jake's go-to move is he'll he'll put his hand on the arm of the treadmill and he'll stare at the woman until she takes her earbud out and ask him. Yeah. I think that's that's a good call because it's like, you know, you're not saying anything inappropriate. It's just like, just like, hey, you know, how, what's up? <laughs> I'm a strong masculine presence, and if you want to respond to that, that's your choice. If you want to keep running, you know, for the rest of your workout, and and let us both sit in this uncomfortable situation. That's also something you can do as well. Nobody's forcing you to take out your earphone. Right. You know, yeah. Exactly. Want to do that at some point when I keep making this eye contact with you. It's it's a very passive aggressive uh, technique. Yeah, but I, I think you know, hey, anything goes. And, and if I'm just standing there waiting for her to take your earbuds out, you know, I'm not wasting that much energy doing that. You know, I can do that all day long. Right. Yeah. As, as far as stamina for you to just wait, it's like cool. Yeah, you want to run? How's that going for you? You got 20, 30, maybe forty minutes in you. Yeah, exactly. But how long is she? I can stay here till the bitch closes down. You know, I'm all about that. Oh man, that's good stuff, though. It it really is. We we appreciate your contributions. We really do. Uh, It's nice to be recognized. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's what we're here for. Hell yeah, Mark. Yes. You're not just an actor, model, demigod. You're also a personal trainer. Yes. So we want to ask you what the best exercise to improve rectal dexterity is. Rectal dexterity. Rectal dexterity. A lot of guys wouldn't think twice about their rectal dexterity, but we do. Before we were tip of the finger, we were in a metal band called rectal dexterity. So it was actually a really smooth transition to tip of the finger. Transition was just simple. (laughs) How do you improve rectal dexterity? What I like to do is, you know, I like to get under a heavy loaded barbell okay, and um, get my get my body nice and tight, loaded up, get down to a deep squat position and keep everything tight. Use a ball salve maneuver to brace my core. And ultimately that's going to lead to you having to clench uh, your, your rectum, you know, to keep everything inside. I get down to a deep squat position with the heaviest weight I can have in that position clench it up and then let it go. And then the challenge is under all that weight, can I tighten it up again? 
So those are really my reps. If you walk into a gym and you see me just sitting in that bottom squat position, don't come up and spot me. <laughs> reps, you just can't see the reps. It's an open and it's a close. It's an open and it's a close. And so my best right now at this point is uh, 405 pounds for, for six reps of, of a full open and a full clench. Um, but I'm always trying to move that forward. You know, I'm smart. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to throw on 500 pounds and, and injure my rectum. Right. But, you know, I'll try to up it five pounds every week or two and just slowly move towards the point, you know, my ultimate goal being a 600 pound max uh, clench and release. So I'm not rushing it. You know, I'm not a young man anymore. Uh, and I know I have to take these things slowly to avoid injury and avoid setbacks, but that is ultimately the goal. Uh, by the time I'm 40, I would love to have a 600 pound clench and release uh, and really just prove that, you know, middle-aged guys can have rectal dexterity just like young guys. Uh, I think Cody makes a good point. You probably don't even have to wipe because of your rectal dexterity. It just clean cut every time, right? Yeah, it just, it shoots it out. And, you know, there was a time when I, when I still, I was in the habit of wiping Right. And I, but then after, you know, the ninth, 10th, 11th time, it's like, there's nothing on here. Did I, did I, oh yeah, I did shit. You know, sometimes you think that, that was it a ghost poop or what happened? But yeah, what happened um, here? But the truth is, yes, when you get to an advanced level of rectal expulsion, uh, the force in which you are propelling the feces out of your rectum, uh, <laughs> level that all that particular matter that you would be wiping away. Gets expelled along with the uh, the bulk of the load, so it all comes out at once. There's no half-ass. Some of it comes out, some of it's still on your asshole. Um, it's all coming out at once. It's one clean expulsion, and it saves you thousands a year on toilet paper. So that's one of the practical reasons that I'd recommend that kind of exercise for almost anyone. If you're able to get under any type of load, even if it's a 45-pound bar, and do the kind of exercises that I've been describing. I would recommend it. Everybody has to start somewhere. And, you know, whether it's just a body weight squat uh, and rectal squeeze and release, or you can add a little bit more weight, start where you're at and just slowly build it out because ultimately it's something that improves your life. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a fitness expert by any means. I'm not a personal trainer, but uh, I do feel like the, uh, for that maneuver, having a spotter is probably counterintuitive because you don't want to sh accidentally shit on your gym buddy. So like, right. you know, next thing you know, Chappelle and, and Brennan are like, Hey man, sorry, we're not working out today. You know, it's not because you shit on us the other day, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> but you can imagine that happening. Exactly. It can get a little dicey when it comes to, you know, the reason you have a spotter behind you is for worst case scenarios. It's just not every worst case scenario in the gym is going to end up uh, covering your spotter in human feces. So, exactly. Um, you, know, <laughs> you can either say, you know what, I'm just going to risk it and I'm not going to have a spotter, or you can have somebody spot you from the front, which is a little bit awkward because you end up having to, to face each other in a deep squat position, you know, uh, and get real intimate. It may look a little bit uh, suspicious from the outside, but that's just, it's ignorant people judging you. They don't know what's going on. So maybe you want to explain beforehand or just let people figure it out. If they want to know, they can come ask me. I'm not insecure about having a man. A or you can make them sign a waiver. Make them sign right. a waiver. Right. That's another thing you can do too. Say, hey, look, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen. And you're taking on the risk knowing that it's possible that you might end up with a little poo-poo on your butt. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, a good idea. 
Uh, uh, next question is, how does it feel to know that you possess guns so lethal that they wouldn't have been allowed in World War II? That is I mean, some damage they would have caused. Yes. I, I think about that sometimes because um, it, it brings my mind to a broader sort of philosophical conundrum with regards to uh, the Second Amendment and, and uh, you know, the, the Geneva Conventions and, and the, the rules of conduct in general in warfare. You know, it's often said, do you think the Founding Fathers would have, you know, signed the Second Amendment into existence had they known that rocket launchers were going to come to be? I don't think so. So, you know, legally, yes, my guns are covered under the Second Amendment and uh, uh, under the Geneva Convention as it, as it currently stands. But, you know, if you could put me in a time machine and, and, and show these bad boys off uh, to some of the founding fathers, I might reconsider the Second it, Amendment. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, would I do that? No, because I don't want to alter the course of history. So right. <laughs> we're just going to have to, uh, uh, you know, accept and act on faith that I'm going to use my guns responsibly um, and be a law-abiding gun owner um, and a, a good United States citizen who is not interested in causing anybody harm because these guns are really just for show. Well, you know, and that's that's another thing I was thinking about. You know, like if if Hillary had won uh, those years ago, uh, you might have been classified as an illegal citizen. Right. I could have actually, you know, you could be be looking at a man with no arms right now because, you know, <laughs> you had to turn him in. <laughs> there was a lot. Of, yeah, there was a lot of chatter online um, about, you know, uh, the government coming for our guns. And, uh, you know, they, they were making a distinction between whether or not these guns were physically attached to your body or not. So who knows? Legislation gets passed. All of a sudden, these agents of the government are showing up. Uh, you know, with with some hacksaws to take away my most prized possessions. And I just don't, I wouldn't have had the legal authority to stop them. Sure, maybe I could appeal it in court, but by that time, you know, my arms are long gone. So yeah. I am grateful for the fact that Trump was able to pull off that victory and, uh, you know, keep my body intact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's uh, let's give our props to Trump for that. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, that was where credits do. I mean, yeah. say what you will about the guy, but at least I have my arm still, you know? Yeah. <laughs> at least you, at least you still have all your limbs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely something to be grateful for. Um, and I think, you know, it's getting to the point where we're starting to miss that kind of courtesy, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, uh, it's, 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 it's sad, but true, but I, I, uh, you know, that, that sort of, um, stress and worry is coming up again with the Biden administration. I don't know what he's planning on doing as far as passing new gun regulations, but it's possible you guys may wake up one day and go, where'd Mark Harley go? He's not on Instagram anymore. He's not posting. He's gone into hiding. Well, I might have to leave the country and go to uh, another nation that has more friendly gun laws because, you know, if I want to keep my arms on my body, there may come a day when the Biden administration is just simply not going to allow that to happen. And I'm not going to sit around <laughs> and wait for Biden's cronies to show up at my door. Exactly. So exactly. You got to You got to get out while the getting's good. Exactly. Now you go, go ahead. I'm not so sure that they would just stop at your arm. You know, what if, I mean, they probably view you as the big gun. 
<laughs> right, right. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they, they could just they could seize my entire person. At minimum, they take my arms and maybe say, "Hey, what's that hog? What's that double-barreled hog you got going on down there?" Let's take that too. So that's in a best-case scenario. But sure, they could they could seize my entire existence. Oh, I'm sure they got a whole file on you talking about your STD and everything. Right, exactly. They got they got a whole STD file, and it's like, you know, super I, thick dick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it surprised me at all. I think you know, obviously, the Obama administration was spying on people, and and who's to say that the Biden administration isn't continuing that? And I think yeah. uh, I think there's reason to believe I'm a uh, a thick dick of interest to this. Yeah, yeah I, 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 there's chatter that there may be a, confisca a, a, a nationwide confiscation of STDs. So, yeah, I've heard that too. You know, you better, uh, you better buy a bunker. The lamestream media won't report that, but uh, if you know where to look and where to do your research, then uh, you know you, you'll see that that it's not something to be surprised about if it comes to be. Now, uh, speaking of the government, it's uh, it's come to our attention that um, if if you were to sell just two doses of semen, uh, it could crash the economy. What's your thoughts on that? <sighs> yeah, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Comes great responsibility. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is something I'm aware of, and I just, uh, I'm a free market guy, so I don't believe in market manipulation like that. So... I know it's possible for me to take advantage of uh, these loopholes in the economy, but you know, when I think about the impact that that could have on everyday citizens, then I say, you know what, I'm going to keep my calm all to myself. All right. <laughs> yeah, we've oh. actually had we've had a lot of guys tell us that they are collecting their own semen uh, for like a semen reserve kind of thing. So yeah, and it makes sense. You know, the way things are heading, you want to have, uh, you know backup enough food for you know at least six months uh you know and and enough semen for maybe even longer you know yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, can be tasked with repopulating the earth at some we are, our podcast is actually uh, responsible for starting the uh hashtag save the semen movement so that's really cool yeah and i've been seeing that around a lot and i think it makes a lot of sense it's definitely catching on yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah he's gonna keep his come to himself which yeah. i mean that's actually really good etiquette uh, especially yeah. in public you know you just keep it to yourself right you know sure some people out there might highly desire it but i'm not gonna assume that everybody wants my come all the time you know right some people want my come some of the time and i think that's as far as i'm willing to go as of right now i used to assume people wanted my come all the time i left empty-handed mark <laughs> I left him to hand it. <laughs> so, uh, good, yeah. <laughs> Hello? Oh, we got. Oh, you fresh there. Can you hear us? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, we've had some, uh, some great guests, uh, some truly, uh, funny people, mostly aspiring comedians and stuff, but, um, I would say that you've been the most notable of, you know, this is the most notable episode of all. Uh, so we appreciate cool. having you out. Of course. How does it, how does it feel to see two guys peaking at once? Because <laughs> it's, it's all downhill from here. It's a, it's a sight to be held. I'm witnessing two guys who just literally hit their prime 
you know, right before my eyes at the same time. I can honestly say I've never seen that happen before in my life. And I may never see that again. So it's a special moment that's going to be burned into my retinas forever. Hell yeah. It's from the heart. We like that. So uh, it sounds like uh, the show is going to be coming to an end before too long. And uh, we just took it upon ourselves to uh, to write a special song for Mark Harley. Oh, no way. Nice. <sighs> All right. We wrote this song five minutes ago. Uh, it's called Haters Will Say. Nice. His name is Mark Harley. His physique is quite gnarly. He can bench 26,000 pounds. That's true. He's the buffest guy on Instagram. He'll make you an Insta fan. <laughs> He's the definition of a real man. Hell yeah. Haters will say they got more followers. But we say they're swallowers. <laughs> and haters will say their muscles are bigger. But how the fuck do they figure? Not true. <laughs> Bad calculations. <laughs> His acting is magnificent. He's done shows with 50 Cent. He played Thor in the Hungover Games. Right. He was featured in Playgirl magazine. He made millions of ladies cream. He made us cream too, and we're not ashamed. No, sir. Haters will say none of this ever happened. But then why are they fapping? Why? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> and haters will say this isn't Mark's favorite song. But they'd be wrong. This is a fucking magic piece, bro. Oh, yeah, Haters say this isn't the greatest song. We'll punch him in the schlong. <laughs> we'll grab him by the dong. We'll Real put him in a thong <laughs> until they admit that this is the greatest song. Just fucking admit it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing song. Dare I say it's my favorite song of all time? I thought you would think so. Yeah, fantastic. Just for you, buddy. I really appreciate it. I had no idea that was coming, and I hope you guys send me a recording of that. Well, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll try to get you a link to the video, and feel free to fucking boost it out, man. I yeah, I'll definitely. You know, once once you guys put it up, I'll I'll share it on the socials. Hell yeah, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, man. It was it was a blast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, and I'm glad uh, the day fuck up didn't ruin anything. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I'm yeah. glad you uh, stuck it out for us. And, you know, and I don't know when we're going to be on your podcast. Mm -hmm. When I have guests. 
You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you shit, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. It was great. Of course. Great talking to you guys. And uh, keep in touch. And hopefully I'll see you guys soon. We will. Brandon Williams, All right, we got to take this, so we got to get you out of here, bud. Brandon, okay. get him out. Get, get this out. guy off our podcast. He's too famous. He's too famous for us. Fucking podcast, yeah. You fucking listen to it. Fucking podcast, yeah. You fucking listen good. Fucking podcast, yeah. You fucking listen to it. Fucking podcast, yeah. Just as you should. Cut. Cut. Cut it off.